Welcome to Wealth Made Simple with Shaz, where you'll learn how to master your money through business, property, and tax saving strategies. Your host has collectively helped his clients make tens of millions of pounds in additional profits through these strategic approaches to business. Introducing Shaz Nawaz, an award-winning chartered accountant, property tax expert, entrepreneur, and property investor. Good evening, Shaz Nawaz here again, and it's that time of the week. It's Finance Friday. I hope you've had a wonderful week uh, and you're looking forward to the weekend. Last week, uh, I looked at limited companies and went through quite a few of the advantages. Uh, Hi, Paul. Nice of you to join us. You're a regular. uh, So thank you very much for joining. Uh, If anybody else joins, uh, feel free to say hi. And of course, uh, feel free to ask any questions you want to. And Chris Hamilton, Dr. Chris Hamilton. Hi, and thank you for joining. And of course, Andy. Hi. Hi, uh, Paul. So last week, uh, I looked at uh, some of the advantages of having a limited company because that's a, a, a common question. Uh, at the same time, people also f- ask about uh, what are the disadvantages of a limited company. I think uh, these aren't always fully considered. Uh, Chris says, hi, hi, Chris, and hi, Wendy. Uh, and there are a number of disadvantages, and I think it's, it's important you're aware of this uh, because all too often I find people are fixated on one particular structure. And if you've heard me speak before, uh, you'll have heard me say one size does not fit all. Uh, so in my property business, uh, I have some properties in my own name, some in a partnership, some in an LLP, and quite a few in different limited companies with a holding company structure. So it always, it always depends on the deal uh, and the exit plan and who else is involved and what we're looking to do. Anyhow, back to limited company disadvantages. So the first disadvantage or the additional cost is that mortgages or the interest rates uh, can be higher in a limited company than they are in your own name or a partnership. So that's something you need to be aware of. The rates are becoming more competitive, uh, but still uh, are higher than you would expect in your own name. The second issue, uh, which most people usually pick on uh, or pick up on, hi Julie, hi Shebs, is that there is double taxation if you have run a limited company. So if the company makes profit, it obviously pays corporation tax. If you then take money out, you'll have to pay income tax. Now that obviously depends on your personal situation. And if you don't have any other income coming in and you take a salary below your personal allowance, uh, there's no income tax to pay. But once you go above that, then you'll have to pay income tax. And, and depending on how you take the money out, is it salary? Is it dividend? Is it a, a bonus? They'll be tax payable and possibly national insurance if you take a, a bonus or salary. And then the company has to pay employers national insurance. Hi, David. Uh, hi, Helena. So that's the second thing you need to be aware of. And of course, dividends can be tricky because if you can only take dividends out if the company makes a profit or there are enough distributable reserves. Uh, so if, if both of those don't exist and you take money at the company, uh, you'll have taken uh, an illegal dividend. Now, what does that mean? Because I think people make a far bigger issue of this than it really is. Hi, Keith. Uh, nice to hear from you again. 
if you if you take a dividend, and we've got Joshua here, so another property tax expert, and I'm sure uh, he'll share uh, his views as well by posting a message. If you take a, a an illegal dividend, what that means is the shareholders can take you to court and sue you. Now, of course, you'll know from experience if you have a limited company that the directors, the, the director or directors, and the shareholders usually tend to be the same people. So you're obviously not going to take yourself to court. Uh, but generally speaking, I know advisors and accountants uh, say do not take a, an illegal dividend. But if you do, it's not the end of the world. I know some accountants uh, who may listen to this uh, will may uh, disagree. But uh, from a legal standpoint of view, nothing's going to happen because nobody's going to take you to court for doing so. Hi, Gary and hi, William. Uh, so that's something to, to pay attention to. However, it can get tricky. Most accountants don't like it. So you need to be aware that you need to make profit or have uh, enough in uh, distributable reserves to take a dividend. The third thing uh, which most people don't tend to like is that if you have a limited company, it's going to cost you more in terms of compliance and accounts. And then you've got all the additional uh, reporting through company's house. So you need to be aware that running a limited company will cost you more in compliance costs uh, compared to having the properties in your name. And then you've got the additional or added uh, challenge of uh, company law, articles of association, keeping uh, minutes of meetings, keeping dividend vouchers. I know all you good people listening right now who run a limited company will be thinking, yeah, of course we keep uh, minutes of min uh, meetings. Of course we keep dividend vouchers and all of our company secretary work uh, is up to date. Uh, and I'm sure uh, that's the case. Another uh, issue to think about is director's loan accounts and overdrawn loan accounts. So last week I, I, I talked about loaning money to your company and charging interest and the benefit of that. The flip side is if you owe the company money, uh, you either pay interest to the company or it becomes a benefiting kind and you have to file a P11D. Uh, in short, it's just more compliance and, and more work to do. And if you don't file a P11D, which sometimes people forget, uh, then there's fines and penalties. And then if you haven't repaid the loan within nine months of the year end, then you've got section 455 tax to pay. That's 32.5% HMRC hold on to that. And then if you repay it in the next year or subsequent years, then you can reclaim it back. People have a lot of trouble with uh, director's loans. So you need to make sure if you are running a limited company, you keep on top of that. But again, that's another issue, pitfall, disadvantage to think about. Benefit in kind. So if, if you, like, as I've said earlier about the uh, interest on the loan, or if you have a company car, or if you have anything else uh, through which you personally benefit, then you have to pay company car tax. And I did run you through uh, sorry, you have to pay uh, benefiting in kind tax. And I did run you through some of the tax-free benefits last week. But generally speaking, you'll have to pay uh, tax. And that can be extortionate, especially uh, if we have a car and it's not an electric car. Electric cars, very good. No tax this year. Next tax year, 1%. The year after, 2%. So uh, the government is encouraging people to have uh, electric cars. Any of the cars benefiting kind tax, it's expensive. Something else which you need to bear in mind is if you have a limited company, you've got more exposure because your information is on company's house. 
So if privacy is an important thing to you, do not have a limited company. You're better having a sole trader or a partnership. But if you have an LLP or a limited company, there's more exposure. This, uh, this next one is a real big one, especially if you have a uh, service accommodation business. So if you're running a limited company and let's say you've got uh, capital allowances through your service accommodation business, you write off those capital allowances against profits. So you may end up paying no tax in a particular year, but you obviously got the money uh, sat in your company bank account. If you take that money out personally, you'll have to pay income tax. Now let's switch that scenario to a sole trader where you are the business, you've made a hundred thousand pounds in profit, you've got a hundred thousand pounds worth of capital allowances, you can write off that year, you write that off against profits, you've still got the hundred grand sat in the bank account. I'm keeping it simple, but you've got a hundred grand sat in the bank account. You can take that money out, buy a car for yourself, go on a holiday, pay off your mortgage, do as do with it as you please. So you've got that access to cash. So it could be uh, that having a business in your name and claiming capital allowances allows you to get tax-free money and a big chunk of it. Another issue to uh, consider is if you have a partnership and there's two of you and you, you own the shares 50-50, uh, let's, let's say you've gone into partnership with, with, with a school friend or university friend or your next door neighbor, if you uh, own the shares 50-50, you can you don't have to split the profit 50 50 so one partner can say to the other one you can have 75 percent of the profit this year i'll have 25 percent, and that's absolutely fine as long as the, the partners agree in a limited company it doesn't quite work like that if you only have ordinary share capital and you own half and your friend or your business partner owns the other half uh if you take a ten thousand uh, pound dividend they have to take a ten thousand pound dividend you can use dividend vouchers but that gets complicated HMRC don't like it. So that flexibility is pretty good. Uh, hi, Zakaria, Suresh, Peter, uh, Jalil, and David Siegler and Ben Brand. Nice of you uh, to join us, David. Something else, uh, which is a disadvantage is if you have property in a limited company, you don't get an annual exemption. If it's in your own name, you've obviously got an additional 12,000 pounds per year to use up. If you live in the property, uh, and it's in a limited company, you get no principal private residence relief, whereas it's, if it's in your own name, you get that. That can, that's, uh, can be very beneficial. Hi, Suresh and uh, Mr. Mecca. Uh, and if you own a company, uh, property in a company and you live in it, then you've got all the complications of an, annual tax on envelope dwellings. You can quite, you can see how this is all building up. So that's uh, another issue. But generally speaking, uh, you need to go through all of this in detail, see which option works best for you. If you're, if you're solely looking to grow your business, uh, then most likely Section 24, sorry, uh, having a limited company will be better for you, uh, especially in light of Section 24 issues. And of course, you can just pay uh, corporation tax, keep the rest of the money there and recycle it, especially if you're a, a, a high rate taxpayer. Hi, Samantha. Nice of you to join us. Uh, so that uh, could make it worthwhile or useful for you to have a limited company. Uh, if you are thinking about inheritance tax, then usually if you approach uh, a good accountant or tax advisor uh, well in advance, then if structured properly, uh, there are some good uh, inheritance tax planning options available to you through a limited company which aren't available in your own name. So 
uh, good stuff there. I was approached earlier this week, in fact, last Friday, uh, by somebody uh, who's got quite a few assets in a company. Uh, it's a, an investment company and they wanted to mitigate their inheritance tax. The problem is uh, the chap who owns the company, he's 91 and his wife is 89. Uh, that leaves minimal, if any, uh, decent inheritance tax planning available. Had they come to me, say, 10, 15 years ago, we would have been able to do quite a bit for them. But unfortunately, at their age, uh, the hands are pretty tied. So inheritance tax should be looked at earlier. So some of the key things I think you should be considering before deciding which uh, structure to use. A, look at the flexibility, which one gives you the most flexibility. Secondly, admin costs and compliance costs. Third, tax costs. Fourth, other commercial considerations in terms of being able to loan money and bringing other parties in. Fifth is privacy. If privacy is important to you, then maybe having a business in your own name is a better idea. Uh, then if you're looking to also to introduce people into your business, then you need to be thinking about share options. Uh, and versus giving away capital in your, in your sole trader or partnership business. So think about that carefully. And then you've got employment related security issues, which you also need to think about. Uh, and then finally, uh, be very clear on your exit strategy and see which uh, particular structure gives you the best outcome. Like I've said, uh, use all of the structures where you can, when you can, uh, because they all have different advantages. Uh, CH Mecca says, can you put a limited company into a trust when you die? You can do, but generally speaking, what happens is uh, people form that trust before they die. Uh, and then uh, the trust owns the property or owns the shares in a company. And then they have beneficiaries. Uh, so that's how that works. I hope you found that useful. This uh, video fits in line with last week in terms of I covered the advantages. This week, I'll cover the disadvantages. And next week, I have no idea what I'm going to look at, uh, but I will come up with something useful. If you want me to cover something, feel free to leave a comment. Thank you very much for joining me. I hope you have a fantastic weekend. And I'll see you next Friday, 8 o'clock for Finance Friday. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to Wealth Made Simple. You can follow and contact Shaz on the Facebook pages Entrust Property Tax and The Profits Wizard. You can also find Shaz on LinkedIn, YouTube and Instagram. Alternatively, email him at shaz at aa-accountants.co.uk. Build your wealth by mastering money.